What up, everybody? This is our weekly podcast live on uh, Twitter. Um, if you're listening to the audio replay back, yes, we're live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. on Twitter at our Twitter account at BGB Group. Uh, it's the Big Old Belt Podcast here, uh, ready to discuss a week of wrestling and some other really interesting things that kind of hit our desk that we want to discuss. Uh, but before we get started, I would like to go around the room, just make sure to see how the team is doing. Uh, first starting off with the guy to my left, Mr. Will. How's it going? Hanging in there. Another crazy week, whether it's wrestling wars or console wars. People want to make stuff out of all kinds of stuff this week. So I'm hoping we're going to have some fun tonight. Take some minds <laughs> off some craziness. <laughs> and then guy under me, Jamal, how's it going? I mean, it, it, 2020 has been crazy enough, but in, a, in the world that is 2020, you still have an opportunity to never be Jackson Riker. Never. <laughs> if you think that you're headed down the path and you see Jackson Riker at the end of it, turn back, go a different way. <laughs> so, There's always a chance to not be Jackson Riker. So much truth in that. Uh, speaking of console wars, so yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talk wrestling and stuff here, but uh, we all are uh, are gamers or at one time been gamers, and we know that it's been a long time since we've had the release of the next generation really fall on the same year like this. Uh, going back to the old days, I think the last time this happened was Xbox 360 and PS3, if I think it was, uh, that kind of dropped around the same time. That was a big thing. I mean, of course, Nintendo... Um, and I think PS4, I think it was at one time, had another one. But regardless, PS5 and Xbox Series X is releasing. Uh, pre-sales just started for PlayStation 4. Uh, Xbox is next week. Uh, they're both going to be releasing early November. Gentlemen, any intent in getting one? And if it and if so, which one? I plan on getting the disc-based version of the PS5 to start. And then maybe somewhere down the road, um, I plan on getting the um, all digital Xbox. Um, never had an Xbox before. I don't like the controller. Uh, that's really prevented me from getting it. Um, really not a lot of games that are exclusive to Xbox that I need. Mm-hmm. However, uh, for 300, um, there are a couple games that I would definitely like to play. Uh, and that includes Flight Simulator um, and Sea of Thieves. Um, Killer Instinct looked like a lot of fun way back when mm-hmm. and Game Pass will allow you to have all of those back order games so mm-hmm. for 300 that's a solid deal mm-hmm. the reason mm-hmm. why that's on the back burner is because PlayStation you know mm-hmm. the games that I want are on PlayStation the uh, I'm not loving that $70 price tag for a regular edition of a game yeah um, but you know at, even at launch um if you have PS Plus, then the uh, then a slew of games are free to download. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a, it's a good look, and of course, there's um, the whole 4K 120 hertz uh, frame rate thing and all of that, and the the super snazzy SSD that's in it. So the reason why I need the disc is because I do buy used games. Yeah, you know, I absolutely buy used games, and more importantly than that, I buy imported games. There's some games that are going to come out in a market that's not America, and I want to play those games. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely the uh, disc-based version of the PS5. I hadn't thought about that for an argument in favor of the disc-based system, the whole used a- aspect to it. And also, I guess there's also the factor, if you're looking for, like, a uh, 4K Blu-ray player, 
built in. It has that going for it, too, if you're thinking about, you know, high-end movies not having to download huge movie files. Um, I've never been one to rush out and buy one of these systems right out of the gate. I usually wait about a year in for the game catalog to kind of get a little better. And sometimes, you know, there'll be a nice little price drop about a year in. This time around, that probably ain't going to happen because I am shocked at how good the pricing on these is. I was ready for that, like, $5.99 kind of area and have everything, like, coming in around $3.99, $4.99 tops, and even $2.99. It's definitely tempting. It's definitely tempting. I'm definitely leaning towards more towards the PlayStation bets because I've always been a PlayStation guy. It's always just kind of been more my ecosystem. But I'd be shocked if I went out and got one this November. Probably the only way it would happen is if I just happen to be in the right place at the right time and it pops up and I'm feeling jumpy, I might do it. But mm. Yeah, I'm tempted, though. I'm definitely tempted. They're looking sweet. They're looking sweet in the price points. I think the biggest seller, they priced them right, both of them, Microsoft and Sony. I mean, uh, uh, for me, like, I, I feel like I've been following this, like, enough. So, like, the price, it, it, nothing about the price surprised me here. Uh, the games being 70 was the one I was really waiting to see if it was that going to get confirmed. I was we got that. Uh, but I had a feeling they both were going to be around $500. So that's that's the thing. Uh, but I, I am actually going to go with the Xbox first. I I am an avid Xbox player now. All my accessories from the Xbox X work for the new one. Um, and, uh, and and then backwards ca- ca- uh, uh, compatible. So all that good stuff. But to Jamal's point, what I am going to do, because I am that means I'm going to have older systems at this point, I'm just going to wait for GameStop to have a trade-in um, uh, some type of trade-in promotion for my old PlayStation and Xbox and put that towards the PlayStation 5 and go from there. Um, you know, one way or another, they both got really... Look, first of all, PlayStation, the games we know from the um, from the launch... Uh, what was it called? The, the launch thing that they had the other day. I'm very, very intrigued by that, but some of the games I want aren't even coming out yet, so that's why it was no rush for me to get a PlayStation 5 right away. Uh but I will say this too for for like everybody who's like they should wait for like the kinks and stuff like that. Like these are the hardware, and whenever there's issues, there's typically software updates that fixes it. So like, if there is an issue, then they'll release a patch. It's never really a hardware thing. I mean, again, the last time we actually had a piece of hardware that truly had to be recalled because of issues was that note that was catching on fire. So like, I'm not expecting like either one of these systems to come out and there's going to be major issues. And from we had the red ring of death era. I mean, that was pretty damn widespread. (laughs) Yeah. I'll give you that. And they, I mean, and that, that was, you know, part of the, 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 the the heat seek jail that they were using on the motherboards that both systems had that problem. PlayStation had it uh, with the red light of death. And, and then uh, Xbox had with the, with the yellow, I mean, with the red ring of death, uh, death. But the good thing, to Jamal's point, which I'm glad he brought up, is that the first-generation systems typically are the ones that have value in the, in the future because they can be modded for import and international games uh, if they don't already come with it. And that's been the case for I, I don't know how many systems whenever it comes down to even a Switch. Uh, even the first version of the Switch it, uh, was able to be modded and so on. So, like, if it's yours and if you, if, if you can unlock extra features because they were already instilled into it or if it had more ports or more memory whatever it may be i feel like there's like more of a more of a will a need to get the first generation than to wait because once they start realizing what people can do to the first one then they are they start restricting things and like that's kind of annoying when it comes down to that so um but anyway shifting back to wrestling really quick okay so we have been talking about roh um in Good and bad ways in the past, but they did start uh, the the pure tournament, which the return to TV and this tournament is used to, uh, which is going to crown the new uh, pure champion, which has been about about fourteen years since the last person held one. Uh, so, all rich is back. New refresh look, new refresh tape. Well, you did see it. So, uh, what was your thoughts about it? And then, you know, of course, we have a few questions because I have not had a chance to see it yet. Right. Yeah. No. It. 
is uh, been real interesting because we've been talking about this for weeks now about what is ROH going to do when they come back. They've been off since the beginning of the pandemic. They haven't done any, you know, new content. They've just been running best of shows. And we were just talking last week about I think all of us were kind of in agreement that we were like, hopefully Ring of Honor comes back and uses this as a fresh start, as like a reset and really kind of does something that sets it apart and does something different. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you. I watched it this week, the very first episode of the new Ring of Honor, and it is, if anything, it is absolutely different. The uh, first episode of the ROH Pure Tournament is currently available on their website. I think it's also available on Fight TV, so you can watch it totally for free. It's up there. It's available. They're trying to do a deal where they're they're live tweeting it every Monday night at 7 o'clock. They're putting it up for free and like getting trying to get people to watch it before Raw as like kind of an event thing to work around stuff. But obviously, it's also available in your local channels if you can find it at two in the morning or whatever. You know, the stuff we've always talked about with the Ring of Honor, the issues they have. Anyway, the pure tourney. This first episode, so you got about, you know, 50 minutes of a show here with the commercials involved. They did a complete overhaul of the product new graphics new opening new everything and gave it a completely different feel all they did in the first episode was have two matches uh they did jonathan gresham against wheeler utah and uh what's his face dalston castle against jay lethal as your first two opening round matches in the tournament they did extensive video packages for each of the four competitors before each match And I'm talking like it was very reminiscent of the packages you would see before a UFC fight where they were like about a good four to five minutes long. Like with Dalton Castle, they showed like his legitimate background, you know, doing amateur wrestling and stuff and had him really playing down the gimmick side of him. He did not come out in the jumpsuit and all the stuff that he used to do. It was Dalton Castle, very like pure athlete Dalton Castle. And they did that for all four competitors, extensive video packages, and then they had the matches. They had new on-screen graphics. They had graphics signifying the rope breaks. They had a timer up the entire time. It was the closest thing I have seen to wrestling being presented as a complete sports-based presentation. There was no gaga. There was no crazy stuff. There was no interference. In fact, they're going so far as to say, if you interfere in a match, you will be fired. It is Mm. completely different, so it stands out. It absolutely stands out as a completely different presentation. It was way refreshing. I'm really curious to see where they go with this, and obviously they're doing this for the Pure Tournament. So the entire show was just spent putting over the Pure title, the history of the Pure title, and the unique rule set involved, since they have the whole thing about, you know, there's no punches, it's all open strikes, and there's like three rope breaks per person for the matchups and a 15-minute time limit. So they were just focusing on that. So once all this tournament's done, who knows where they go from here with the product. But for right now, at least, they are doing a complete sports-based presentation, and that's what stood out the most to me. And it was cool. It was definitely different. So questions, ask away, because it is way different than what we have been seeing out of Ring Honor, and it's definitely different than what anyone's doing in wrestling right now in the U.S., Okay, so okay, first thing for me is you mentioned where you can watch it. You said uh, Fight TV, which is going to be on the replay day. What's the national? Mm-hmm. What's the um? And the, the first day to show it, you said is before Raw, seven p.m. Hmm. Um. This has all been pre-recorded, right? Uh. So you have means of watching it uh for free. You have means of watching it on different uh platforms. And yeah, it's on their website. So pri- pretty much it's on demand. If you want to watch yeah, it, you can yeah. pull it up and, and watch it. No, yeah. no barrier of entry. Okay. Okay. And in about an hour and didn't say about, well, this week was two matches, uh, 15 yeah. minutes. So that means there's about 45 minutes of video because it's about 15. Um, excuse me. There's 15 minutes of video because there's 15 minutes of commercial for the hour. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so thirty minutes of wrestling, I, I think that's really comparable. Yeah, I just got to this now that I know exactly when it is because yes, we joked about it coming on all late at two p at two p.m. or two a.m. Excuse mm-hmm. me, uh, which isn't a lie, but uh, <clears throat> this is a different model of method that they they're, they're trying. They re, they pretty much did a whole new aesthetic uh, change. So yeah, I'm definitely going to give it definitely going to give it a ch- uh, a look. I I I am hoping that you know them coming back. 
I, first of all, I was hoping with them coming back, I was thinking like, okay, what are they going to do different? But I didn't actually think like, okay, totally rebranding the show, um, giving it a new time slot, giving it in numerous ways to be able to watch it. Um, and now they're doing live tweeting with it as well. Uh, so that's fan engagement. Um, this just seems like a, a simple recipe, but should be interesting. I think the biggest thing that about Ring of Honor that you, you wanted is that um, it was really hard to differentiate themselves from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of know what you're getting in the show. They have their crew, and it's a smaller roster. It's a smaller setting. It's everything smaller. So there's really no reason to watch Ring of Honor unless you really are in love with mm-hmm. a particular talent. So with this thing, allowing themselves to actually be different and, and look different in, this, in the guise of this tournament is really pretty refreshing because Ring of Honor definitely has some, like, good wrestling talent with that said how will this transition as they go forward um and more importantly and the most important thing and i'll always say this as, as long as we talk about ring of honor is when can people collectively watch the show mm-hmm. and that's that's always been the thing um i believe ring of honor first airs anywhere in the country in baltimore at 10 p.m on saturday night and then it will air wherever you are in the country if you're able to get the show. And that's a thing. And I don't know what it's going to take for Sinclair to put it on at one time so that the nation can watch together. But looking at a couple of the um, the videos of the tournament, it really reminds me of Ring of Honor from like the HDNet days or the OTNA from the Fox Sports days um, mm-hmm. where it was definitely more of a sports presentation. And I'm very okay with that. Um, it looks like they're back in UMBC in Baltimore, which is good because that means that Maryland can run wrestling shows, um, which is, you know, good for us. But uh, it is interesting to see it like the dress it up and stuff. Yeah. So they can put the production elements that they need into it. It's just that they need something, something else that's going to separate themselves from that thing, and AEW did it with their ranking system. Even if you don't disagree with the importance of it, it still is there to fall back on. WWE is what it is, and that's what they're going to give you. So the thing is to not do that if you want to be different. And Ring of Honor certainly seems to be doing something different. Now, granted, this is only a single elimination tournament. There are no tag teams. There are no women. There's no intergender. So after these eight guys, what do you have left? And luckily, they only do an hour uh show but it kind of i want to see how this tournament you know gets carried throughout mm-hmm. the entire roster so to be honest with you for the first time in a few years i actually have something to look forward to on ring of honor mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really what i came away from when i watched it monday i was like this is the most interested i have been in ring of honor in a long time and it really got me thinking like since they are trying such a different idea, such a different format, and it's a format that we heard definitely proposed, you know, in a lot of ways when AEW was being promoted before their first shows. There was lots of talk about the rankings. There was lots of talk about a more serious presentation, and all that didn't really pan out for them. This is someone definitely trying to do that. So it has me wondering, what do you guys think? Can a sports-based presentation work in wrestling in 2020, you think do y'all think it can grab the public's attention and stand out and actually work as a regular yeah. thing? I mean, it, let's be honest. Now, it's it's the reason why the Fox deal happened uh, because that's what Fox thought was profitable. They know they know that wrestling makes money, but if they made it like a sport, they know that they can make money from that. Um, and then AEW obviously tried to build a, a sports-based pr- promotion as their premise as well. So I think that probably analytically and consumer-wise, they know like this is what's going to really be catchy to people. Um, I, I, I hate to say it, you know, we we tried to really uh, analyze wrestling as best as we can from our knowledge and, and experience, but like WWE doesn't get, it's not given that sports legitimacy feel. Uh, and that's from us and that's from others on the outside who don't really watch it. They realize like WWE is, Oh, that fake wrestling show. And now AEW is like, Oh, that other wrestling show. So if 
if ROH can go after the whole target of, oh, that real wrestling show, you know, there's an audience for it because I can't stress enough, combat sports is still a really big staple in all of, of, of all the sports. And wrestling, no matter how you look at it or not, it's profitable. But if you can get some of those other fans who love combat sports to realize that this is a legitimate one because this is being this, this it's being showcased as well, it's being promoted as well, then they'll give it a they'll give it a look. And the good thing like it is is um just like the UFC with the um I can't even think of the name of right now, but the contender thing that Dana White does, you know, those are talent that no one knows about. But eventually there'll be big UFC stars. And I think, you know, that's why they showcase the people they in the way they do. So you could understand what's the stakes at hand. And I think if, if that's the model that ROH is uh, going after here, then it makes sense because, you know, we know Willa Yuta, but others may not, you know, and, and the fact that you you're giving a whole display of this guy going against the veteran of Jonathan Gresham and why, you know, he even stands a chance and why he's in the tournament. What does wrestling mean to him? And, you know, Jonathan Gresham is going to have the story of all stories here. Uh, but it makes sense, you know, because it gets you acquainted to those people. And then I can only imagine what the video package does for two former champs going against each other. So, you know, I, um, I, I think that this model that they're doing is definitely going to bring in wrestling enthusiasts and loyalists. And it should take some eyes of other people. It's just going to be in a matter of trying to still find it. Cause I don't quite, I put it this way. I know what a fight TV is, but I was very surprised to know that a couple of my friends who are big consumers of combat sports does not. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, I had no clue. That was like, this is not like a prominent app that everyone knows when it comes down to sports. So like, I was surprised there. So that it it, it will, it, I think that is the next thing to kind of put into perspective is how do they continue to, sh- uh, you know, show uh, expansion in in their viewership? How can they reach more houses? And you know, we we talk about it more ways than enough. But when you work for a television company, they have got to do something to get this on television at a a, a decent, a reasonable time to get. Uh, more viewers on it, get kids being able to watch it at, at, at that because you know when the kids watching, then that brings the household. So, you know, is that that they got to be thinking something of that sort? So, well, I, I think the biggest thing for Ring of Honor, uh, obviously, is getting a single audience together at the same time to watch the product. Um, but having their sports, you know, based theme is one thing. I think it's a bit of bait and switch, though, if you think that this is going to be expanded upon the entire roster. Mm-hmm. This is a the pure tournament. And the name of the tournament suggests that this is a separate entity within the company that allows itself to be that. So if you watch the King of the Ring, or if this is the first thing you've seen and it's the King of the Ring, and then you go, well, it's over, now what? And they go back to their regular schedule program, and then it's kind of like, well, that's kind of misleading. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that if Ring of Honor does go in a different direction as far as their booking and their talent and, and, and the way it's presented. Um, great. Keep that same energy of the tournament. However, if they do that and then go back into Dalton Castle with the boys and all of the gimmicks and stuff like that of pro wrestling, then, okay, uh, that that also is kind of interesting. So who who is Ring of Honor? You know, that, that's where he is now because I think a lot of people – since they are making some noise about this thing, are going to check them out for the first time in a long time. Well, hell, everybody's going to check them out for the first time in a long time, but some people may be checking them out for the first time ever. So now the question is, if you are Ring of Honor, you know, where do you go from tournament's end? And in eight matches, eight people, that's four four matches in the first round, uh, two in the second, and then the final. So you have the next three to four weeks of television uh, content. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So then Halloween, what does Ring of Honor look like? And I hope that they you know, have an answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Marty Skrull is not in the tournament. Interesting. Uh, no tag teams, no none of that. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to it to see what's up. And of course, you know, but Gresham was my top five favorite of mine, so mm-hmm. he's always going to be a draw. But personally, 
That's the type of wrestling that I like. I don't like promos. I don't like all the bullshit. Just get in there. Let, let the bell ring. Yeah. It, it, here's my thing, too. I, I think that, um, you know, there has to be an idea of still putting content on YouTube. You know, just because AEW Dark does it does not mean that no one else can do it. YouTube's for everybody. I still think that um, by doing something of that sort, it just makes it a lot easier for everybody. And, I, and maybe there's some partnership and some deal with Fight TV that they're cutting the check back or something. That's why they're pushing it uh, so heavy. But like, I still think at this point, especially since this tournament feels like a special presentation of this uh, promotion, that this get it everywhere. And then figure out the whole business model with the rest of your roster or the full mm-hmm. roster, so I say at some other point. So like, yeah, Monday, 7 p.m., Fight TV Tuesday, 10 p.m. on in Canada on a fight network. So where, where does it leave our club? Yeah, and I don't see it at all here. Sundays, 10 p.m. on uh, watchcharge.com. Every weekend on your local Sinclair station. And for us in Baltimore, that's Saturday at 10 p.m., Sunday at 1 p.m., Sunday at 12 a.m. So let's put that into perspective here. <laughs> Saturday night at 10 p.m. Uh, for a two-hour show, no. Uh, Sunday at 1 p.m. against football, no. And Sunday at, <laughs> at 12 a.m. So after you done watched all your Game of Thrones and whatever else you watch at 8 o'clock and, 10, and 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock, get your dose of ROH as if you're not already tired enough. So, like, you know, I get it. But, like, again, like, I think that Sinclair – there has to be a conversation of saying like, hey, you have something that's valuable. If this wasn't valuable, Fox wouldn't have cut a deal like they did. TNT wouldn't have cut a deal like they did. You know, Warner Media wouldn't be investing in uh, AEW if they didn't feel it was marketable. And they came out of nowhere. And if you want to put it into perspective, and our has been around for years. So there just has to be something that says like everybody at once, because that's what's important. Mm-hmm. Everybody want to watch it all together. And they want to, and, and that's what wrestling fans do. People like wrestling because they like wrestling, but they also like the idea of being connected in wrestling or feeling like they're a part of the show. So, like the Thunderdome thing, I we did it the first week and we said, okay, we got our experience, but there's faces on there every week because fans love to feel like they're a part of something. I just don't know how I can feel like I'm a part of this when it's in so many different avenues. Like, sure, I can watch with my American friends at seven on Monday. Well, if I want to watch with my Canadian friends, oh, they they watch it the next day, three hours later on a whole different platform. Yeah, they, something they has to give up. here. Yeah, and this is the time to do it since they're relaunching. They're coming back with a fresh product with a brand new format. This is the time to. I think the biggest thing is get it in as front of as many eyeballs as you possibly can. Just to clarify a couple things, we were saying it's a sixteen man tournament, so it's going to okay. go. Through October, definitely. This weekend's two matches. It looks like they're they're doing they're gonna keep the two matches a week format. This weekend, the weekend of September 19th, the two matches will be uh in block A, David Finlay versus uh Rocky Romero, and in block B, Delirious versus Matt Seidel is what they'll be showing mm-hmm. this weekend. But they're doing the two a week format along with, I guess, like we were saying, the UFC-style video packages. They're treating this like with the idea that you've never seen any of this before or know who any of these people are, which I like. They're, they're pr- approaching this with the idea that first-time viewers, you don't need to know anything. You can come in and watch this fresh, and they're yeah. going to try to make a fan out of you, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So more power to them. I hope it works out. I want to see, you know different wrestling out there. I think we got plenty of wrestling, but I want different wrestling. Give me a different flavor, and that's – at least what they're doing for the first week here. So ring of honor, pure tournament, check it out. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's kind of go to a round table discussion here. Um, And that's basically the premise of this is really talking about a lot of different things that we've noticed this week um, and previous weeks within um, all promotions here. Like again, it's a, it's a round table discussion. So we're all going to come up with different points and different aspects on this. But we was kind of talking about it in our pre-show uh, meeting about like, well, what, what did we want to talk about? And I kind of didn't have an overall umbrella for this. So I figured like, let's just, you know, go for it and let's just give our thoughts about certain different things that really stood out to us individually uh, uh, over the last few weeks within wrestling. And I'm going to start off with something that kind of goes back into something we've been talking about in the past. And that's 
the affirmative action in WWE. Now, we, you know, we, 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 we've been talking about diversity and inclusion and um, representation in wrestling. And something that we talked about uh, really passionately, if you ask me, uh, uh, is about when WWE decides to do particular bookings for African-Americans, it's always some sort of correlation to something else going on. We know Titus O'Neil, he gets his, uh, he tends to get his push around like February. Wonder why February? <laughs> because it's Black History Month. You know, Titus O'Neil, I haven't seen this guy in, I don't know. Oh, he was on uh, uh, Underground, but yeah, I haven't seen this guy in the round beyond that. Um, and then there was the more recent one. Uh, there was a couple of recent little uh, aspects, shall I say. We, we had Big E talking about uh, Kofi's run, and you know, we, we talked about that as well uh, in that conversation he had with The Miz. And then we had the whole Apollo Cruz, and then the, um, who else was champions at the time? Well, there at, at one point, and obviously when this all happened, you know, we felt like, you know, this was a result of what everybody around the world was doing. And that's being able to show um, solidarity for the African communities as far as uh, the social injustice within the world. So in WWE, we looked around and was like, okay, well, they're putting their championships on people of color. And we've never seen it at the capacity of which they're doing right now. So, you know, why it is a good um, gesture and something to do, you know, we talked about it saying like, okay, well, is this something because these people earned it? Or was this something because we was like, oh, we need to put, you know, our prize championships on people of color because we want to show that we're showing inclusion. So we talked about that in the past in the previous episode. That brings me to the point today. And that's Zelina Vega, who has been, you know, had a really good wrestling career um, up and down the board. In WWE, we've mostly seen her as a manager. She was signed uh, when they were shooting uh, Fighting for My Family, which is the Paige movie, in which she was playing um, AJ Lee in a movie. Um, she first made her appearance after Raw or before Raw with The Rock as they were shooting a segment of the movie with the live crowd. And since then, she stood around. She's uh, mostly been a manager, a few spots here and there. Then um, at some point during uh, Evolution and when women were getting chances, she did. they did let her lock up a few times. And then eventually she started getting matches here and there. But she's also really uh, mostly been a manager. Uh, one of the best mouthpieces uh, in managers that we've had in a long time. So definitely nothing against her at all. Then it comes down to the point of right now she's getting a title picture. Uh, she's in the title picture. She's getting a, a title uh, opportunity against Oscar, and it's like cool. But the question is now: Well, is this something because WWE, as we sort of talked about in, in, in previous weeks, is WWE actually trying to switch things up, do things different, or is this another one of the affirmative action moves because it is a National Hispanic Heritage Month, which Selena Vega. <laughs> fits the part here uh so to you all what's kind of your thoughts on this uh is it more of a a is it just doing something different or is this more of a b where it's like firm fashion give that girl a chance well i think the biggest thing is like well what else do you do with her like seriously like what else do you do with her outside of having her um you know actually wrestle again you know we've seen that she other than the occasional spot that she'll do as a distraction She's a decent manager, but realistically, what else would you want her to do? And I think that's kind of where they are. They're kind of up against the wall since Austin Theory isn't going to work out for reasons. Um, they've kind of soured Angel Garza a little bit. And so, like, what do you want her to do? So, I think it's just a, a happenstance at this point, not necessarily because of any calendar, you know, coincidences. Yeah, it could very well be kind of chalked up to if we look at, you know, the overall picture, they don't have their normal uh, big drawing cards that they would go to for the women. They don't have a Charlotte right now. Bailey and Sasha are busy with each other. 
They don't have Becky. Lord knows that's their top four they'd always go to. So it's like, I think they're being pushed outside of their normal moves that we've gotten used to in the past few years because they don't have the four horse women around. They, uh, Asuka, of course, is the champ. So that takes care of Asuka. So they're having to look past that and be like, okay, who do we got? We got Mickey James. We can have her do some stuff on Raw. Or we can have Zelina Vega do stuff. You know, I think that's where it really comes down to is like they're looking at what they have available to them. And they're probably thinking like, okay, yeah, we got Bianca Belair, but she's pretty new. We're still kind of building her up. We don't want to do her yet. So they're probably looking at Zelina as like, this is someone that's been around a while. We know she can talk. People know who she is. So why not? Let's do it. Is the timing possibly suspect? Maybe. I think the biggest thing is just it came out of nowhere so quickly this past Monday. It's just kind of like, uh, okay. It's, it, I don't hate it, but it's just kind of like, it just popped up out of nowhere. It's like, oh, Zelina's going to go after Asuka. Okay. It just came out of the blue, just like that. It, they didn't ease into this, whereas like, if, if we're looking at another you know recent moves they've made, if we want to talk about the Hurt business, they slowly built that up over like months and weeks of just like MVP starting to talk to people. Then he gets buddies with Bobby Lashley that they're hanging out for a couple weeks. Then they bring Shelton into the fold. Then they start talking to Cedric. And then I was finally like in the last week, you know, Cedric comes into the fold. It wasn't like all of a sudden they just popped up one week on raw, all four of them together. They slowly eased into it. So it feels like a much more natural organic progression. Whereas the Selena thing, it's just like, Oh, Selena, Go, go fight Asuka. You're getting a title yeah. shot. So yeah. I think that's the difference is like, who knows if this was necessarily planned, but it definitely feels more jarring compared to other things we've seen them do. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, for me, I think that Jamal has a good point. What else do you do? And I think that we all understand mm-hmm. that Zelina can hold her own when it comes down to uh, putting a program in with her, you know, she's a good mouthpiece. Uh, and I, I, me as a fan, I buy into when she's talking. So if you really want to sell uh, any type of program or feud with her, then it just it's it's an easy it's it's an easy no brainer to say like okay, we know we know this can work. Uh, but her finally getting opportunities, I'm definitely happy for too because her just being. Uh, a good wrestler, but as a manager, not really getting opportunities um, in that capacity was definitely like, well, when are they going to pull the trigger on her? When are they going to actually let her do something um, and 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 get a singles push of some sort? So, like, the fact that that's kind of working out and it happened to coincidentally be this month, like, I am a little bit back and forth about it, but no, overall, I'm, I'm still happy that it is happening because it is something positive. But it's not far-fetched to think that WWE would try to pull an affirmative action move and saying, like, you know, because of this mall, give that person an opportunity. Again, no one can tell me any different that Titus is like the groundhog that comes out every February <laughs> and, and somehow gets some type of amazing push and spotlight. If you see Titus... He gets the same twice, thing around Father's Day, too. Don't uh, forget, Father yeah. of the Year. <laughs> If, if you see Titus more than twice, it's got to be February. It's without a doubt. <laughs> oh, man. Um, to the Hurt Business really quick. I just want to talk about that really fast because that brings up a good point. Then I throw it back to you, Jamal. MVP comes to uh, WWE, comes out, say he's going to retire. And you're not saying no, he doesn't. Comes back and next thing you know, he's in one of the hottest stables in all of wrestling. I'm going to cut to i'm gonna cut all the bs and just get straight to the point i honestly feel that mvp uh who is real you know well respected in the locker room respected by his peers uh and respected by management this was his golden child and putting this together he took two now three people who weren't really doing anything and to be honest they didn't know how to handle these guys. And I can only imagine that not really knowing how to handle them and not knowing what to do with them was also another form of precaution of like, well, we definitely don't want to do anything done with them because the spotlight right now uh, is on everybody when it comes down to how African-Americans are being treated. Uh, because again, that's a part of everything that's happening in society. You know, we want to make sure that, Everyone's listening to their to their African-American friends and family, whatever it may be, uh, to, you know, kind of in solidarity. And I, and I think this is one of those type of ones where they looked at them and they were just like, well, we want to use them, but we may not sure 
know how to. Maybe we aren't in a place to really understand how to do this properly and whatever it may be, whatever the conversation may be. I can imagine that MVP stepped up to say he has an idea. He wanted full control, full faith of management in order to do something with these guys. And it's been blossoming to something special. And then, you know, Cedric was another one who's just in the percolatory area of nothingness. And MVP was like, this is another person who fits the mode here that works. So more ways than enough, hats off to MVP in not only being the, the the leader and the staple of this staple, uh, stable on television, but probably being the leader in the locker room as well into giving these guys uh, something to do where they're not quite heels and they're not quite faces, but like their evolution, but with a lot more swag, if you ask me. So I am, I'm absolutely digging the idea that this was, uh, 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 this was, uh, what, do, what do you call it? Um, uh, a flower in the concrete. I know I'm I'm not nailing that right. Whatever it, whatever that saying is, but whatever it is, like I, the fact that he was able to make nothing something out of nothing, like definitely has to. And it's definitely each and every week, whether it's raw on the ground, or just on raw. They're they're absolutely been must watch TV. Uh, see, the thing is, I'm, I'm not like necessarily sold on the hurt business as a group. Um, it's not that I don't believe in them. Um, it's just that I really don't care. Um, seeing MVP back isn't really a draw. Um, it's good to see Shelton Benjamin back doing anything. Um, and then of course they bring in Cedric and, um, and, uh, and Bobby Lashley. And that's, and that's fine. Like that, that's fine as a stable. But honestly, I'm not really sure why I should watch these people. You know, they what what do they do? What do they bring to the table? And it is kind of like uh, it's it's just a big ball of okay. And as Raw has been arguably deteriorating over this past year, um, the the whole presentation is just a big ball of okay. You know, it I mean yeah, sure. If you want to say for the culture, it's good to see the brothers get up there and and do their thing and have a, like you know make something out of nothing and get themselves in like some position of relevance. But eventually, it, it really just comes down to the overall stagnation of the Raw roster, or WWE in general. And you can argue that, well, they don't have their really big people, and they don't have their, um, and the pandemic took away fans, and all these other excuses, when realistically, no, 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 they're giving you the same product that they were giving you before this happened. I'm just not into that product. So as much as I like seeing... Uh, you know, good guys go and do good work. I think the problem with the Hurt Business is that they're like a bright spot. You know, that's like being the best cook or the best dressed on the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's that's a good one right there. Um, I had something I was going to say, but it doesn't matter now. I'm also just going to hand it back to you because I think you have some uh, announcements you need to make. Yeah. So, um, you know, cameo. Uh, you know. You Are we good? Are we back? I mean, we're, we're back. We're, we're back. But it's going to look a lot differently because, well, everybody's, you know, changed their name. I don't know why, <laughs> but everybody's changed their name. So a lot of the people, uh, and this is what this is what it is now. I'm going to use the name that's in front of me. I know who they are. And if you know their names, that will help <laughs> you with this. But, it's going to be a guessing game. But well, it's going to add a little bit more sauce to it. Because, you know, right now, uh, tonight's, you know, cameo is from Sesuk Uha. Yeah. Mm. Pretty, pretty okay. sure I know who that okay. is. Right, he is charging a price. Have but we not? He, have we not hmm. done him before? Not by himself. No, we've mentioned him before, but not okay. as a person, not as featured. Okay. Okay. Is he charging more or less than Kenneth, Car- Kenneth Crawford? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to say more. If we're talking about the Kenneth Crawford that I think we're talking about here. 
Yeah, I am blanking on Kenneth Crawford. So <laughs> I do not I do not have a reference point here. <laughs> um No Mr. No, Uha. It is the question. Say, too. Mr. U- yeah. Get in there. I, I just want I just want to say I again I haven't analyzed Cameo for the sake of the show, so I can be thoroughly surprised and entertained by this. But do they show the prices fluctuating because no. of this? So, no. so you can't see what somebody used to charge to no. what they're charging? The, they only, the, the prices are as current as the, you uploading the website. Ooh. So I would love if, to know if people are saying, well, no one may not know me by name now, so let me go ahead and lower that real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, I'm going to say I think Uha is going to be lower than Kenneth Crawford. Well, Mr. Crawford also go by uh, the name of Montez Ford. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So Montez Ford charges less than Sesuk Uha uh, at okay. $100. Oh, a current Raw Tag Team Champion charging yeah. less than Mr. Uha. Mm-hmm. Surprising. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, a hundred bucks for Montez Ford isn't isn't bad either. Sesuk Uha charging more or less than oh, how do you how do you say that last name? Jesus Christ, um, Amanda Sacamano. Yeah, we know that one. Oh, 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 yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, less, absolutely less. Yeah, I would say less too. Gotta be. Hmm. Mister Uha. Is charging a price, but Mandy Rose, also uh, her her government name is Amanda Sakamoto, apparently, uh, is charging a cool two fifty, and she's definitely charging more than Mister Uha. Mm-hmm. Nah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember, she knows I remember her, her name. Yeah, I remember her name from Tough Enough. So that's I. I it was a yeah. brainer there. Yeah, and plus, and, and plus, on top of that, like she was already accustomed to understanding that. Some places you got to use a real name. Some places you can't. Again, I think this whole cameo thing got blown out because somebody saw somebody else using their WWE name. It's like, oh, they haven't been caught? Or oh, no one said anything? Cool, then I'm going to do it too. But, like, she's definitely had, like, her Twitter or, or Instagram, I mean, with her real name. And then all of the, like, fashion stuff that she's been using has been using her real name. So, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, fair enough. And, and obviously this, you know, it was a it was a thing because – of what the early words were, like WWE owns your name, your face, your soul, your, um, you know, your, your locks of your hair, you know, they're in charge of your funeral and all of that. And obviously that's kind of not really it. So, I mean, it, it is, it is what it is, but the last one, last one, uh, Mr. Uha or Joseph Rude. Joseph Rude. Ooh. Joseph Rude. That's is right on the tip of my tongue. Is Mr. Rude charging more or less than Mr. Uha? I feel like there's a curve in that because I think I don't know the name, but I'm pretty sure that's not who I think it is. Uh, but I'm still going to go with uh, Mr. Uh, Uha charging more if it's who I think it is. I am going to I am not quite sure who it is either. I'm being good. I'm not gonna Google it. I'm I'll do the opposite. I am gonna go Mr. Uha is more. So make this interesting. Sesu Uha, also known as Apollo Cruz. Right. Mm-hmm. He yep. is charging more than Joseph Rude, also known as Eric Rowan. Oh, okay. Got it was it. I, yeah, I was like, it can't be Bobby Rude, but because that's the only right. person I can think of, yeah, then <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Eric Rowan, also known now as Eric Redbeard, uh, charges sixty six dollars to Mr. Uh, to um, Apollo Cruz's heart at twenty five. So, not bad. One interesting thing, though, is that Leo Rush is still listed as an NXT superstar. So, oh, that cease and desist hasn't hit yet. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Well, you know, the mail has been kind of weird, you know, recently. I don't know why, but 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 yeah, that's the cameo for this week. So. <laughs> I, I, I want to go back to the comment that came really quickly on here. 
and just want to get y'all reactions on that. So yeah, I do recall uh, uh, from last week that the Hurt Business came out as hired guns and they uh, went against uh, the group. Uh, what, what the hell is their name again? Um, Retribution. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I like this. I mean, if they're about their money and you know, and they're obviously go and do as bad guys wherever they want, wherever they want. I'm I'm cool with that, but. I, again, yeah, I'm, I, 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 I want to really get that analogy out as being the best dress on the Titanic. I hope that's not the come. But as of right now, like I'm, I'm cool because it's giving them relevance, something to do, and it's, it's, it's been pretty cool, you know. And we'll see. But yeah, the APA vibes thing, I definitely could see that correlation right now, and that that'd be cool. Yeah, no, I'm liking that idea of them as like hired guns with with them approaching up. Since Adam Pierce now seems to be like the uh, authority figure of WWE in place of a McMahon, that they're doing the idea that hey, we're your show is getting invaded by these thugs, and what are you going to do about that? And you can't just handle this with like your regular old people. You need like MVP has to do the whole angle of like you you need some guys with some a higher caliber you know talent out there. And hey, if they want to go out there and show up in their suits and a throw down like a kind of a new new school version of the four horsemen and hey mm-hmm. why not I, 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 it, it, to me it's interesting at least it's something new they're using different people so i'm i'm liking the hurt business i don't know how long it's gonna keep my attention but right now i'm digging it and especially now that they're like they're not just like in the mid card they're kind of pushing them up to like i mean hell they closed the show this past monday so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm very curious where they go with them if they do this whole idea of like they're being used against retribution in a to fight fire with fire kind of way. I don't know. I always kind of dig heels fighting heels. Then it gets real, uh, gets interesting. It gets spicy. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's get into some news for tonight. All right, cool. Uh, can somebody tell me what a Samoan street fight is? <laughs> is it like a parking uh, lot brawl? No, no, no. A parking lot brawl makes sense. I mean, it's in the parking lot. It's a brawl. Okay, cool. How is a Samoan street fight different than a regular street fight? I mean, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta be crafting weapons, and it's gotta somebody's grandma and auntie gotta be in there and just wins it. Right. So I mean, I just want to like reenact the last half hour of the last of uh, Hobbs and Shaw. That's exactly. What I'm, that's what I'm exactly. It's the battle team from it's the battle team from Hobbs and Shaw. That's it. It's gotta be that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so whoever's doing this, suspect the fail coming. There's no way they're going to execute this. I, I really hope that somehow it's like they flew Reigns and um, uh, and, and Uso and uh, you know Corbin and, and whoever the hell else is with them um, out to Hawaii or maybe you know they're in Florida. Do it in Daytona. Uh, you know, film around the rednecks. Uh, you know, pick like a nice white sandy beach on you know, like Clearwater or something like that. And just have the match and <laughs> call it Samoa, even though all the Samoa will go, nah, that's clearly Florida. But yeah, uh, Samoan Street Fight is is a thing that's being advertised for um, for SmackDown. I'm just really curious as to what the hell that is. Um, <laughs> Wade Barrett is back, officially. Uh, he He's replacing Marlon Ronaldo, thank God. But he is uh, coming back to NXT as far as his commentary goes. He apparently signed a one-year deal, and he told Sports Illustrated that he, quotes, hope that it lasts for a long time. That's our intent, so there's no bad news to share. Um, but never forget, there's always a little bad news up my sleeve, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, Barrett is 40, and I think that, you know, his time in NWA was great as a commentator. So uh, good on him for getting in there and getting back in the uh, NXT. Honestly... Uh, Stu Bennett in NWA was probably the, the best move that NWA did after letting Cornette go. And now that he's not there anymore, at least for the next year, what will NWA sound like when they come back to TV? Um, I think that's going to be the interesting thing as far as the presentation goes, as, NW, as far as the NWA is concerned. What will they actually sound like on TV? So uh, good on Way Barrett for... Uh, for signing on the NXT, interesting bit of business for the NWA. Booker T, I don't know if it's the COVID on the brain that's getting to him, but he's been saying some, he's been, he's been talking. 
And, again. Oh, yeah. So he said on his podcast, the Hall of Fame, that he had some pretty big compliments for Miro, who is now in AEW. But he says, and I quote, one thing I think he missed a boat on, he being Miro, and this is just me talking. Going to AEW, first night, boom, jab at WWE, that's all right. But I think, man, if you really want to add some fuel to the fire, you start, you want to start a shine really, really bright, you start causing havoc before you leave the company. I always say, if they're going to find me at work, I'm breaking something on the way out. I'm making noise, and somebody's going to want to sign me immediately. So it goes on from there, but this is the problem that I have. He didn't need to do that, and he was still arguably the free agent that he wanted to be. You'd be a fool to think that other people at the AEW didn't you know, call him up and say, what are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he apparently didn't need to uh, go out and shoot on Bobby Lashley or shoot on Vince McMahon or, you know, whatever. And just, you know, go into business for himself on the way out. So basically, Booker T, simmer down. I mean, it just doesn't. Yeah. It's just silly. Yeah, that don't make any sense because, you know, damn well. Booker would be the first one on there complaining about how he didn't leave the right way and it was unprofessional. And there's no <laughs> way Booker would be like applauding him doing that if he did something like that on the way out. He'd be the first one talking about that's not how you do business and you should be. Yeah, out. You know. If I see if I ran into him on the street, I'd do this. No, no way. Right. Booker just meant Booker just stirring the pot. Yeah, I mean, it just seems pretty silly. And I mean, just like for any job, yeah, any a job's a job. Um, you can leave your job. You can be, you will be fired from your job. Don't make mistakes. You will be fired once in your life and it's going to suck. You don't have to burn the house, to, uh, burn the job down uh, <laughs> on your way out the door. Um, it, yeah. You don't, you know, don't do that. But yeah, really weird comment from Booker T um, about Miro, the most backhanded compliment I've seen in a while. Unfortunately, uh, Ivar of uh, the Viking Raiders experience is injured. He underwent neck surgery earlier this week in Birmingham, Alabama. And whenever you're going to Birmingham for surgery, you're going to be out for some months. Uh, <laughs> no timetable on his return, but yeah, he is expected to be out for a, a hefty chunk of time. Hey, also, wait, wait. oh no, is that reference because is Birmingham where like Dr. Kurt James Andrews, Andrews is? Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's what he does, like the high-profile sports mm-hmm. inju- inju- injury uh, surgeries. Um, so if you want to see Dr. J- Dr. Andrews, then it's going to be a minute. Um, also, uh, Simone Johnson, Jamone Johnson, the uh, daughter of The Rock, uh, she had knee surgery at the start of the week in Birmingham as well. So hopefully uh, both of them will have a speedy recovery. Eva Lee versus Thunder Rosa happened on AEW yesterday. And AEW was a pretty you know decent show. I think you know some people liked it a lot more than I did, but um, this was one spot that was odd, and I noticed it during the match. For whatever reason, Ivelisse was no-selling Thunder Rosa. Rosa had a problem mm-hmm. with it. And there may be some legit beef between the two, and it was noticeable on TV, and apparently it was noticeable in the back. Uh, Fightful Select reports that the two wrestlers began to go each- at each other physically when Thunder Rosa took exception to Ivelisse's no-selling of her few of her spots. Word began to spread backstage after the match that some of the company believed that Rosa and Ivelisse didn't appear to be getting along even before the match started. Rosa is very known to be known to be a very stiff worker in the ring and has trained personally with Dustin Rhodes in the past. There's been some support for Rosa on the AEW roster, but also the report notes that there people were uncomfortable as the match continued, and everyone backstage felt that the match was going to be edited because Dynamite was not live yesterday. Although there was no word on whether it was. Uh, left as is for the fan watching home on TNT. So, I mean, if it was edited, then they didn't, they left out all the bits because that was a weird spot between the two. Um, and you kind of hate to see that. Like, if anything, the AEW women's, um, the AEW women's division needs all the help they can get. And seeing these shenanigans does no one any good. Um, NXT. Uh, and AEW were on Wednesday for the uh, first time in a few weeks. Uh, AEW it got two hundred fifty thousand more people uh, watching them. Um, both shows were down from last week. AEW cracked a million. 
but down to 885,000. NXT down way lower than that. Uh, I think if this trend continues, NXT is probably going to have to find a new home. It's not a matter of what WWE wants, but USA Network knows that they can get more juice out of the orange if they squeeze it on a different day. So it will be interesting to see you know, when or if that happens, but uh, you know, the Wednesday Night Wars and ratings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's the news for this week. Yeah, if, if it's going to move, it's going to take USA Network forcing WWE's hand. I think as long as WWE has the choice, they will keep it there just out of spite with the idea that we don't want AEW going over a million. We will take the hit and we'll take the loss just to keep them under a million. If USA steps in, that's what I think it's going to take in the end. If that show does move to a different night if we see mm-hmm. NXT off of Wednesdays. I mean, and I guess the other question is, beyond it just moving days, will they have that uh, same option at full sale in order to do so? It's full sale. Uh, well, they can with, take the show whenever they want. Yeah, but it's live now. It's the thing. It doesn't so, have to be live, though. I mean, they can take the show whenever. And if they, I, you, you definitely don't. I, for me, you don't take that step back and, and not going from live to being re, uh, pre-recorded again. I mean, and and again, with it going live, with it being on USA Network, that was a morale boost for the roster. I mean, they legitimately, you know, as much as uh, there was momentum and greatness to being a, a third legitimate brand and however it's still being treated now, uh, the roster felt like it was a leg- legitimate brand because they are live and they are uh, on a, a prominent TV spot. So if Full Sail can do it on another day live, then it makes sense. If not, then... <laughs> I mean, just bow, bow to your master, I guess. And when it comes to ratings, that is. <laughs> yeah, um, so. I mean, that's that's the thing. We, we will have to just wait and see. But realistically, yeah. um, it's not necessarily about the content itself, because obviously NXT, when they ran out of post, got a bit of a boost. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, people, I think, want to watch the product. But if you want to put a gun on the table and say, shoot one or the other, they're shooting NXT in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know more than they're not, and and that's kind of what it is. And you know, AEW had a pretty decent show. The parking lot brawl was great. Um, <clears throat> personally, I don't think they went far enough with that. But um, but but yeah, NXT. Honestly, I think it's it's both of it. And, and uh, AEW is bringing you something that you know a lot of people haven't seen before, and NXT isn't special anymore because they've gotten out of the things that made them what they were. And that's, you know, it's kind of like when Five Guys first opened. It was like, oh, shit, they're good. But now that they're franchised and they're one on every corner, it's just an $8 hamburger now. Fair point. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this, too. Uh, TakeOver coming back, uh, again, is also a, a good thing. NST UK is uh, returning is a good thing. But to your point, maybe AEW, uh, maybe NST gets lucky and don't have to move days because AEW is bouncing all over the place. Uh, we got the late night special that's coming about. But that's um, only because of basketball. Right. But I mean, like, what if AEW finds value in another place where they're like, hey, they already have the flexibility because they're doing it. But what if they actually just find a new home because it just makes sense viewership wise and whatever it may be. So, you know, maybe <laughs> NXT gets lucky and they it, because of AEW moving. So, I don't know. Like you said, it's one of those let's wait and see. But um, well, the reason why I think that that's that's probably less likely to happen is because AEW doesn't have a need, need a reason to roof. They've set themselves up for a Wednesday. People seem to be watching on Wednesday more than NXT. I think it's like in 40 weeks, AEW, as far as a head-to-head matchup, is like 37-2 and two or something like that. You know, so... Yeah, they have the majority for sure. Yeah, no I mean, yeah, like, they're like 35-4 and four or whatever it is. So if you're like, well, AEW can move to Thursday. Sure, they could. Why? If only it makes, if only it's because it's better. You know, you can always find a place that's just better. Like if AEW moved to Friday, that could be like the most interesting thing ever. Uh, but you just never know, you know. But again, because they're just doing different time slots, different days, who knows if somebody at Warner Media may say, like, yo, you know, we have a lot of success on Wednesday, but what if we did this like what if aw really tried their hand on monday how 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 would they fare and what if actually they start producing 
uh, raw type of numbers or better, then why not? Well, you know what I mean? AEW um, said, we're going to give you the show live on Wednesdays, but on a Thursday night at 8 o'clock, we're going to show the show uncut on yeah. the uncut feed on HBO Max. But you, you know what? And not to mm-hmm. mention, with the other show coming, these conversations are about to start happening <laughs> because yeah. they're going to have, they're, 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 they're taking notes for sure. I, they can, just because we see it on surface, is it bouncing around the NBA? They're actually, they're, they're definitely tracking these numbers. They're like, oh, we might have something here. I mean, again, they've already been announced for the second show, so they know they're doing good. They're doing so good on the second show that they said, like, the second show is actually a third show because Dark is just going to stay put. So, like, mm-hmm. that's when you know, like, the gears are turning. And, again, to the higher level here, uh, uh, Warner Media is doing a lot of good things, too. Uh, and, you know, they're trying to make changes in order to compete with other streaming services and, and, and other television uh, companies. So like right now, while the streaming wars are happening all this wrestling wars t- stuff is kind of happening. You're like there's these conversations are happening. And whenever that third show gets launched, it, it, I, I, I would expect something very drastic to come with it. So uh, uh, one but, thing that I want to see because they're in the Warner media family is uh, AEW characters making it to a Mortal Kombat game. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Luchasaurus is made for it. Made Ooh. for it. There's a character they have perfect for that. And that sounds good and all, but we all know that n- they're not going to let it. If it ain't Kenny Omega, it's not going to happen. Well, would I, mean, be the- look, I don't care who it is. I really don't care who it is because Johnny Cage is already a character. But realistically, um, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't care. Or so, or. Or injustice, you know. I mean, put them in well, there. Whether it's injustice or Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, mm-hmm. these things have already happened. Yeah, you're right. So, and, and and technically, but not technically, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe is can is canon. So yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, they do have human, um, uh, you know, characters. So like, if Striker can be a guy that's a cop, and Kano can be a guy that's a bounty hunter. And Johnny Cage is literally a movie star. Then why can't can they have the Terminator in there? I mean, it doesn't have to be part of the story. The yeah. Terminator, Predator, Robocop Spawn. was in there. Spawn, yeah, yeah, Spawn, Joker. I mean, yeah. I would I would be okay if you know Omega was there, even though you know, or, or the Bucks and their you know super kick decapitation fatality or whatever. Mm-hmm. The next one was going to be is, is mm-hmm. what I think. Yeah, I mean, again, the, the the and these type of things are very possible because we've seen uh, Tekken, a New Japan collaboration, yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. Tekken brought in Negan from The Walking Dead, like uh, you know, in the realms of like random, random, normal humans being in games and stuff like that. Stuff happens. Yeah. So, they I mean, if there's money to be made, they'll find a way, dude. Uh, an AEW DLC marketed at 30 bucks. That's easy money to be made to get four new characters. That's easy money to be made. And they can charge the 30 because wrestling fans will do it. They will buy the game and get that just off the shelf for that $30 DLC. They won't think twice. Microtransactions are killing games right now, but that one will be a, a really good investment. So anyway, um, that's uh, is that it for the week? That's it. That's it. We're done. We're done. Every Thursday on Twitter live, 8 p.m. at BGB Group. Uh, and you can uh, get all latest news, information, podcasts at our website at uh, biggobelgroup.com. Thank you for watching and listening this week, folks. Um, and we will see you all next. All I really need that big old bell.